Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder, Acharya, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Aghyanati Marandasyam Ganangana Sadakya Chaksurun Minitam Yena Tajmai Sri Gurve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Sapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Karamayam Dharati Swa Varantika I'd like to talk to you today about guarding your heart. Would you agree with me? It's easy to go through life letting things get on the inside, offended by what somebody said, worried about a problem at work, upset because of a negative report. You can't stop those things from happening. But what you can do is you can guard your heart that you don't allow it on the inside. If you're going to stay encouraged, if you're going to enjoy your life, you have to guard your heart where you don't allow the negative, the offense, the worry, the frustration into your spiritual self. If you're upset about what somebody said about you, thinking about how you're gonna pay them back, calling a friend, can you believe they said that? What that is is emotional energy that you're not gonna have for your family. It's not only doing you a disservice, but it's also doing the ones that you love a disservice as well. Our suggestion is to put some barriers up, to put some walls around your heart so that you can guard it. We only have so much emotional energy each day. There'll be opportunities to waste that on things that don't matter. Getting stuck in traffic, frustrated, spending your emotional energy on things that you don't need in order to achieve your goals for your family, for your own dreams. Here's a poem by the same name, Guard Your Heart, by Edgar Guest. I must be fit for a child to follow, scorning the places where loose men wallow, knowing how much he shall learn from me. I must be as fair as I'd have him be. I must come home to him day by day, clean as the morning I went away. I must be fit for a child's glad greeting, his or eyes that there is no cheating. He must behold me in every test, not at my worst, but at my very best. He must be proud when my life is done to have men know that he is my son. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, in connection with this 55th verse in the second chapter of the 11th canto, these words we find. The Supreme Personality of God, it is so kind to the conditioned souls that if they call upon Him by speaking His holy name, Hare Krishna, even unintentionally or unwillingly, the Lord is inclined to destroy innumerable sinful reactions in their hearts. Therefore, when a devotee who has taken shelter at the Lord's lotus feet chants the holy name of Krishna, with genuine love, the Supreme Personality of Godhead can never give up the heart of such a devotee. One who has thus captured the Supreme Lord within his heart is to be known as Bhagavat Pradhana, the most exalted devotee of the Lord. A pure devotee is one who has attracted the Lord by his love so that the Lord cannot give up the devotee's heart. A pure devotee has realized knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, having given his heart to the Supreme Lord Krishna. 
His clean heart becomes a suitable abode for the Lord. A gentleman will live only in a clean place. He will not live in a polluted, contaminated place. Now, educated people in the Western countries are now greatly protesting the pollution of water and air by urban industrial enterprises. People are demanding the right to live in a clean place. Similarly, the Lord is the supreme gentleman and therefore he will not live in a polluted heart, nor will he appear within the polluted mind of a conditioned soul. When a devotee surrenders to Lord Krishna and becomes a lover of the Lord by direct realization of Krishna's all-attractive nature, the Lord makes his residence in the heart of such a pure devotee. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. What does this tell us, essentially? Quit allowing trashy things, social media, politics, gossip, conspiracy theories, bitterness, resentments on the inside. If you'll stay in peace, Krishna will go ahead and fight your battles. If you'll stay in peace, Krishna will guide your footsteps with light. And this is the reason many people don't enjoy their lives. <laughs> Co-workers not treating them right the whole day. It sours for them. Problem at home, they're so worried. It's constantly on the forefront of their mind. There's always something keeping them offended, frustrated, stressed. It's like a dark cloud follows them wherever they go. Now that cloud would leave if you quit letting those things get into your spirit. You can't stop people from saying things. You can't prevent all the negative, but you don't have to allow it into your spirit. You can dismiss it and say, you know what? I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not going the next three days worried, playing over all the what ifs in my mind, wondering why they said that. You can't be passive and let everything in. You got to be proactive, put some walls up, guard what it is you dwell on, be selective where you give your time and attention. Why? Because your destiny is too important to let poison in. Imagine a family whose water supply comes from a pure spring just a few feet from the house. Pure, cold, sweet water bubbles through a large pipe into a barrel that's been sunk in the ground. Imagine one morning they come out and there's two huge frogs sitting in the barrel. Now, no one in the family wants to drink from the water until the frogs have been removed and the water has been allowed to flush over the sides for the whole rest of the day. Everyone wants to make sure the water is clean and pure again. Now you can make a parable out of this incident. Those frogs could represent bad thoughts. And the spring is man's heart. If our thought life is impure, then the words and deeds that flow from within will be contaminated. People speak and act the way they do because they've allowed negative thoughts to take control of their hearts. You can't put poison into you over and over 
and then expect to live a positive, faith-filled life. I know that we can't make good decisions unless we have good information, that's a fact, but sometimes we're just getting too much information. We like the juicy details. It feeds our flesh, but it poisons our spirit. You have to be disciplined. Don't go there. There are enough issues in our lives that we have to deal with where we don't have a choice. Don't make it harder on yourself by taking in unnecessary things. If you do hear people gossiping, complaining, pay it no mind in one ear and out the other. It's just a distraction. You have to accept the fact in life that some people are just not gonna like you. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not personal. It's not about you at all. It's about the favor that Krishna or God put on your life. I've heard it said this way. The more vertically aligned you are with God, the more horizontally challenged you're likely to be. A vertical relationship can create horizontal conflict. The question is, can you deal with the fact that not everybody can handle your success. Not everybody's gonna celebrate Krishna's blessing and favor on your life. You have to be wise enough to realize these people don't like me, but it's not about me. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to spend time seeing how I can win them over. I'm not gonna lose sleep thinking about what they said about me, no. I'm not going to waste my emotional energy on something I cannot change. Here's the key. Don't try to waste your time winning over people that are never going to be for you. Don't waste your energy trying to convince people to understand you that have predetermined to misunderstand you. Just run your race, focus on your goals. They don't wanna be your friend. Let them go. They're not a part of your destiny. If they don't accept you, blow them a goodbye kiss, move forward with your life. I read a statistic. 25% of the people you meet won't like you and never will. The second 25% of the people you meet, they like you, but they could be persuaded not to like you. The third 25% of the people that you meet don't like you, but they could be persuaded to like you. And the last 25% of the people you meet will stand by you through thick and thin, no matter what. Would you agree that life gets a lot freer when you don't worry about the people that don't like you, don't give you the time of day, unfriendly, dismissive, condescending, why should you care? Don't go the next two years frustrated trying to win them over. Recognize they're just among the 25% of the people that are never, ever going to like you. You could bring them flowers every day, give them a compliment every hour, mow their lawn every week. They're still not going to like you. Our suggestion is stay in peace. Keep the walls up. Too many people allowed everything to come inside. They go from offense to stress to frustration to disappointment 
You have to guard your own heart, which is something that nobody can do for you. We're advised in the Bhagavad Gita, the Song of God, think on things that are pure, things that are wholesome, things that are good. Nowhere in the Bhagavad Gita, Bible, Quran, Guru Granth Sahib, Torah, does it say, think on the offense, think on the people that won't accept you, think on your problems all day. No, think good things. That's how you guard your heart. If it's not positive, hope-filled, productive, faith-filled, then don't dwell on it. You can't live a positive life thinking negative thoughts. You won't have a blessed day running over the offense over and over and over again, thinking how unfair it was. You're not going to enjoy your life dwelling on your problems, worried, anxious, wondering if it's going to work out. You got to guard your heart. Not talking about ignoring problems, sticking your head in the sand, acting like they don't exist, shirking your responsibilities, but I'm talking about not letting it get down on the inside. There are a lot of things that we can't change. Trusting God is saying, Krishna, I'm not gonna let this upset me. I can't make them like me. I can't make it work out my way, but Krishna, I know that you're still on the throne you're fighting my battles, so I'm going to stay in peace and enjoy my life anyway. And isn't it a fact that most big problems that we could stress out over, that we could live worried about, over time, they're going to work themselves out. When a problem arises, it's so easy to fly off the handle, get all riled up and think, well, I've got to do something about this right now. I've got to immediately solve this. I have another suggestion. Be still and know that he is God. Have the attitude, I'm gonna put this on the shelf. I'm gonna pray about it and I'm gonna trust Krishna to work it out. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. And when you've got your walls up, then when worry comes, offense, negative comments, it's just like you have a big sign on the outside that says, you're not welcome here. We read in the Mahabharata how Duryodhana, the envious conspirator against the pious, righteous Pandavas, conspired to divest them of their ancestral kingdom in Hastinapur and send them to a deserted desert-like area called Khandavaprast. The Khandavaprast forest was cleared by Agni, in the forest fire, Maya Dhanava, who was the architect of the demigods, his life was saved by Arjuna. Before long, it irked Duryodhana. You can imagine him grinding his teeth, clenching his fists in envy and frustration because he kept hearing about the Pandavas going from glory to glory to glory to glory in this deserted kingdom to which he'd sent them. It wasn't very long before the seat of government and the parliament house in Khandavaprast was more celebrated than the thousand-year-old capital city, Hastinapur. Duryodhana said, what's going on? I was supposed to have taken them out of the game. They're supposed to be down and out. They're now more celebrated in this exiled position than I am in the imperial palace. Now this parliament hall that Maya had built 
for the Pandvas was totally amazing. It had puzzling artistic workmanship, befitting not only a great king on earth, but even the demigods. In that grand palace, the Pandavas lived with their family members, and their queen Draupadi served her husbands very peacefully. In those days, their friend, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, was also there. The palace was decorated by his thousands of queens. When the queens, with their bashful smiles and thin waists, moved within the palace, and their ankle bells rang very melodiously with their movement, the whole palace appeared to be more opulent than the heavenly kingdoms. And after looking at such beauties in the palace, of the Pandavas, Duryodhan burned with envy. He became especially envious and lustful every time he thought of Draupadi being the wife of the Pandavas. He had a special attraction for her prior to her marriage to those heroes. In this city, Maharaj Yudhisthira was able to perform the Raja Suya sacrifice. In order to do the Rajasuya sacrifice, every king in the world had to bow down and pay tribute to King Yudhisthira. And at the completion of the sacrifice, Yudhisthira was sitting like the Lord of the gods in a golden throne in this palace constructed by Maya, his four brothers and their relatives, as well as his great well-wisher, the Supreme Personality of God and Krishna were present. At that time, it's described that the material opulence of King Yudhisthira seemed no less than that of Lord Brahma, the creator of the universe. And Duryodhana was marveling over the opulence of the palace. Now, I believe that in our lives, each and every one of us can get to the place where nothing offends us, unlike Duryodhana, where everything about the Pandavas offended him. That should be our goal, as far opposite Duryodhana as we can get. Fact is that if you don't give others the power, then nobody can offend you. Here's the key. Nothing can offend you without your permission. People have the right to say whatever they want. But you have the right to ignore it. They can leave you out but you have the right to have a good attitude anyway. They can belittle you, discredit you. You have the right to walk away and enjoy your day. When we're easily offended, one thing that happens is that everything becomes magnified. Everything is blown out of proportion. Everybody's treating me badly. Everybody's talking about me. Don't give yourself that much credit. Everybody doesn't even know you. Put some walls up. Quit giving away your power. Quit letting those offenses in. Now, while inspecting and wandering through the palace, Duryodhana came on a crystal floor. He mistook it for a pool of water, lifted up his royal robes to wade through it. And he looked foolish for doing so. When he learned that the floor was not actually water, he started to get embarrassed, angry. He continued to go around inspecting the palace. He suddenly came upon a crystal area adorned with lotus flowers and crystal petals. 
This time he was convinced it was land. And as he walked forward, he fell into the lake and his clothes became wet. By the craftsmanship of Maya, the palace was so decorated in different places that one who didn't know the tricks would consider water to be land and land to be water. Duryodhan was also illusioned in this way by the craftsmanship. When he was crossing water, thinking it to be land, he fell down and vice versa. And when he had thus fallen up on the balcony, Draupadi, her girlfriends and Krishna's queens, enjoyed the incident by laughing. King Yudhisthira was a very sensitive soul. He could understand the embarrassment of Duryodhana, and he tried to restrain the ladies from laughing. But here's the interesting thing. Lord Krishna indicated that Yudhisthira should not restrain the ladies, let them go ahead and laugh and enjoy the incident. Krishna desired that Duryodhana might be fooled in that way and that all of them may enjoy his foolish, envious behavior. Krishna was indicating to Yudhisthira not to feel guilty about God's favor on your life, not to pay attention to the critics, to their discomfort. If the favor of Krishna hadn't been on Yudhisthira's life, Duryodhana wouldn't have given him the time of day in the first place. Duryodhana's opposition was a sure sign Krishna's hand was on the lives of the Pandavas. If you have the favor of Krishna in your life, you don't have to apologize to anyone. Do your part. Quit allowing the same things to upset you, the same people to get on your nerves, the same traffic to stress you out morning after morning, the same relatives at the family reunion frustrate you. Friends, Life is too short to live that way. Every day is a gift from Krishna. What if you found out that you weren't going to be here in six months? What if you learned that your lifetime was coming to an end? How many of the things that upset you now would you allow to continue to upset you? How much of the offense, the frustration, the stress would you continue to let in? If you don't keep your guard up, it can keep you from the fullness of your destiny. When we come to the end of life, I can't think of anything that would be sadder than to look back and think, why did I waste so many days worried? Why did I live stressed out? Why did I let those people keep me offended? Why didn't I guard my heart? When everyone laughed, Duryodhana felt very insulted. His hair stood up in anger. He started stomping out of the palace with his head bowed in shame, simmering with anger and resentment. He again lifted up his clothes to pass over what he thought was water. And again, it was only land and everybody laughed again, becoming more and more indignant. The king attempted to leave through a crystal door that he thought was open, but he slammed right into the crystal door, backed off with his brain reeling. And then he went to another door thinking it was a crystal door, attempted to open it with his outstretched hands, and the door was already open, and he fell down forward in his attempt. And then he came on another door that was really open, but he thought it was close, and then he walked away from it. Finally, Duryodhana made his exit, fit to be tied. And King Yudhisthira regretted the incident, became very sorry, but despite all circumstances, Krishna was silent. He did not say anything against 
or in favor of the incident. Krishna did not want the Pandavas feeling sorry, wasting their time trying to win over Duryodhana. Krishna warned the Pandavas not to feel guilty because Duryodhana was envious of their good fortune. The envy was Duryodhana's problem, not theirs. Krishna knew there was nothing they could do to change the bitterness and resentment in Duryodhana's heart. One way or another, he would pick a fight with the Pandavas. Krishna also knew that when Duryodhana picked a fight with the righteous Pandavas, Krishna would protect them and give them the victory. Now, isn't it always the case that in a race, nobody focuses on the people in last place? Nobody finds fault, criticizes those that are bringing up the rear. All the focus is on the front runners, the potential winners. That's where the attention, the studying, analyzing, the critiquing, the commentary, the television cameras are. Now, if people are critiquing you, finding fault, trying to discredit you. It's because you're a front runner. You're making a difference. I've learned the more favor in your life, the more opposition it's going to stir up. Some people won't like you simply because of the blessings that Krishna's put on you. In other words, you have to put your foot down and say, that's it. I'm done worrying about my image, my dignity, my false ego, not letting that worry in. I'm done being stressed every time my plans don't work out. I'm not letting the stress in. I'm done living sour because I had a disappointment. I'm done being stressed because my plans didn't work out. No, I'm not allowing that poison inside of me. Now, thoughts may come to your heart. That doesn't mean you have to let them into your spirit. Don't dwell on them. What we continually think about drops down into our spirit. That's when it can poison us. In the old days, when an enemy was going to attack a city, the first thing they did was to take these stones, throw them into the wells, try to clog up the water supplies. The people that threw the stones were called slingers. They would sling the stones from a great distance. Once the water supply was cut off, the residents of the city had no choice but to come out, and that's when the enemy would attack. In the same way, everyone has a well of good things that Krishna's put on the inside, a well of joy, a well of peace, a well of creativity, a well of victory. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The problem is, too many times we've allowed the slingers to clog up our wells. When someone says something derogatory, tries to discredit you, you know what they're doing? They're throwing a stone towards your well. If you get upset, offended, thinking, I'm going to now have to pay them back, then the stone lands in your well and it starts to clog up your joy, your peace, your victory. What happened? They accomplished their goal. But when you keep your wall up, you don't get offended. You let it go, no big deal. The stone hits the wall, bounces off, causes no damage. So we all have slingers in our lives. You can't even go through a single week 
without having stones of judgment thrown at you, stones of offense, stones of doubt, stones of self-pity. We can't stop the slingers from slinging the stones, but we can choose to have our walls up, not let it affect us. Some of you today, you're not enjoying your life as much as you could. Instead of enjoying your life, you're enduring your life. It's because your well has become clogged. You've allowed some of those stones to get in. It's keeping you from experiencing the fullness of life, the fullness of joy. The good news is you don't have to stay that way. You can unclog your well. If you will forgive the people that hurt you, let go of what didn't work out, shake off the offense, the bitterness, the disappointment, then the well of good things put inside of you by your Creator will begin to freely flow once again. And that's my prayer for you today. You'll see Krishna's goodness in a new way. You'll see the abundance of His favor. What we have to do is just make the decision to keep our walls up, guard our heart. Remember, we only have so much emotional energy every day. Not to waste it, things that don't matter. Not to spend it trying to win over people that are never going to be won over. Rather, use it for our own goals, our own family, our own dreams. If you will guard your heart and walk away from offense, keep your joy, stay in peace, then I believe you'll rise above every challenge, overcome every obstacle, become everything that Krishna has created you to be in this life and next life. Go back to home, back to God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari. Hari Rama, Hari Rama. Rama, Rama. Hari Hari.